Welcome to the English Out Loud podcast, a podcast where I give you tips on how you can enhance your spoken English. My name is Pat, and today I am interviewing Miss Bianca, who you can find on many social media platforms under Master in American Accent. Bianca is a very skilled accent coach from the United States. And she gives us a few solid tips today on how we can set some realistic goals for ourselves when uh, trying to accomplish really anything in life and how we can make those goals become a reality. So tune on in. Uh, You don't want to miss a second of this. This was a very fun and informative chat that I had here with Bianca. So enjoy. Today I've got here... Miss Bianca, who's another accent coach. Good to have you here today on the English Out Loud podcast. Miss Bianca, how are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you today, Pat? Great. I am having a good day. Today, we're just going to chat a little bit about what we do. And I'm, I'm a, it's such a unique profession that we're in here. And so I'm curious to hear how you've wound up in this profession. Wound up is a is an interesting way to put it. Like you you kind of find yourself here suddenly, right? You look around and you think, yeah, this is this is what I do. And I never set out to do it like I think you, right? You never said, I'm going to become an accent coach. Like it's not something you're presented with in school. It's you don't talk to any counselors about it. It was a it was a journey for sure, but I kind of feel like I didn't choose it. It kind of chose me. And then looking back, it kind of is like the universe was always conspiring for that to happen, you know, in the end, because I, I look back and I see all these like little things, you know, that happened in my life. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course, this is where I wound up. You know, this is where I ended up. So I think it's just part of my personality. Like you're just drawn to it. I have felt the same. Like it's kind of like, you know, if the shoe fits, wear it. And that's it, is you found exactly how it fits. Like I could not see myself as an accountant. I could see myself maybe as an engineer. And so for teaching, because I know I've seen some some things that you've posted on Instagram. You posted about countries that you've traveled around to. Did you begin teaching in the first place just kind of as a way of supporting that travel or what came first? Well, I know a lot of people do that, right? They think, oh, I want to go to China or Japan, so I'm going to enroll in those in those programs that they have where they, they do that. That was not my path, really. Um, so I was always kind of interested in language, you know, for various reasons. And I was also good at teaching. So I was already a teacher. Like, I, all, I already knew how to teach. And then I went, I moved to Jordan because my ex- was from Jordan. And so I went to live in Jordan. And the job that I was doing at the time, I was a recreation therapist. So at the time, I was I was teaching people with autism, intellectual, developmental, behavioral challenges and difficulties. I was teaching them through recreation, right? So as an example, you know, if somebody has trouble with learning colors or numbers, you know, you would play Uno with them to teach them, right? So you use recreation as a tool for teaching. And well, you know, if you go to a country like Jordan, their their health infrastructure is just not there. Like they don't have those services. So suddenly I was out of a job in Jordan and I started teaching English there. I think I first started working for Berlitz and then I worked for the 
ALC, the American Language Center, which was connected to the embassy there. It used to be they had a lot of language centers around the world, but the the embassies sold them off kind of one by one, and there are only a few left. So in, in Jordan, in Oman, there's a language center that's connected to the embassy. So I worked for the embassy at that time, teaching English, teaching language, and I, I just really ended up loving it. And when I came back to the States, then I got my master's in teaching English as a second language. So I was already a teacher and already loved language, and so it just kind of conspired and that's that's kind of how it started was teaching teaching whole language you know the, the grammar the the vocabulary lists the everything else you know and pronunciation was a very small part of that you know in every chapter in every book in every language book it's like one paragraph on the th sound or one paragraph on some pronunciation point and it's just it was never enough i got a little bit more and more and more into that it, it would be great you know if at the foundation of language if phonetics had a little bit more focus in there, or if there was a little bit more focus on phonetics and pronunciation, not even necessarily accent, but things that are spoken all through English, like, yeah, the TH or or just syllable stress, you know, these kinds of things. If people just had some basic idea of that at the start of their language learning journey, well, it'll just help everything build up from there. Maybe they won't have a perfect accent, but they will have a pretty clear sound. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think many books put grammar at the front or even vocabulary when really communication is mostly not written, right? Mostly communication is verbal. I think these days with increased casual writing, you know, texting and posts and, and things like that, with all that casual writing, there's definitely a lot more reading than there used to be. But there's the, the whole point of language usually is communication, you know, and, and mm -hmm. the books don't put that first. Personally, I mean, like, I practiced French, because here in Canada, you have to study French quite a bit in school. And coming out of school, I've been told I have a good accent in French, but at the same time, I wasn't really able to speak it much. I could read it, and even still, I can read, like, packaging and stuff just fine. And I can, you know, maybe pick out a few words and understand, the get the gist of what people are talking about. But I have such a hard time pulling it out, and... Certainly, yes. Yeah, speaking, there isn't nearly enough focus on it. I took a master's in teaching English as a second language. So your master's is all about this is how you teach language. You know, and mm. I can tell you, none of it puts, you know, speaking as the as the first thing in mind or even just here's how we communicate, you know, coming from language one or culture number one, you know, and associating with culture number two. That's not how they teach teachers to teach it, unfortunately. Some things you've just got to kind of undo, you know, like... Like, well, for example, I, um, I put out an episode the other day where I was teaching my nieces the Spanish T sound because that's a bit of a tricky one. I learned it at the age of maybe 19 or 20. And if they pick it up while they're kids, then their Spanish is going to sound great in a few years. So, but they, instead of making that T and pressing their tongue to their teeth, they would actually automatically go to a TH where the TH, it doesn't exist in Spanish. And yeah. so... Unless you're from Spain, I guess. Yeah, they couldn't get that position. Or they could eventually. We, we worked it out. But it wasn't a natural kind of thing. So some things you've got to unlearn. You've got to take away your THs and then replace them with other sounds. Mm, I have that trouble, especially in Spanish, when I'm trying to do any vowel sounds, right? So, I mean, you know, in Spanish, it's a very transparent language. And what you see is what you say. 
and I'm kind of just I have this overlay of of my on my larger English or American English especially vowel set on top of that right so I and it's totally ingrained it's totally ingrained and if I sit around I can tell you why I said eh instead of a eh, and I can tell you why I said a eh instead of eh or eh or a eh, and I can tell you why but my brain just you know it makes its own decisions very quickly from from years and years and years of of language number one even with simple things like the schwa for example we want to use that schwa so much in spanish at least i feel it like with basic words like hola you know is saying hola is how the average american or the average english speaking american would say that word whereas a mexican would say hola hola mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it's not strong weak but it's two kind of strong syllables and that's such an awkward thing for us to force into our speech if we're only looking at english so totally yeah you got to undo some things yeah and if schwa's our most common sound like the most common sound it's it's hard to undo that it's hard to like take it away and substitute and you know because schwa just kind of goes everywhere it's it's magic and to say then you have to say oh no but a's are a's and e's are e's and i's and i's and o's are o's and u's and u's then you know you have to not only unlearn but also relearn everything else what would be the first thing that comes to your mind that you think the average english learner could start to maybe listen for start to apply to their spoken english that would you know kick it up a notch yeah because that's a that's a very big thing right yeah. yeah and i think that's the problem um and that's where most people start they just say they say oh i want to be i want to be better at english right oh i want to i want to speak like a native you know and mm. that's just that that's a ridiculous goal that's not a goal that's mm. that's a wish you know so i think you need to really focus um and decide what it is you want you know a lot of people they don't have and everybody knows what smart goals are but be specific because it's too much like it's too much you won't do it it'll drive you crazy that's like when somebody says oh i want to be famous great like do you want to be a musician do you want to be a poet like wh- okay do you want to be known for what and you know how are you going to do that it's it's just too much so be mm. focused in what what it is you want that's one thing for sure get really really focused also kind of i think know your motivation why why you want to do this thing is it about comprehension that's a problem right if if people are not comprehending you yeah you should probably start with that and is it just about personal growth like oh i, I want to try a new thing i want to do this challenge you know is it that you're intellectually interested in something like oh i find this very interesting and i'd like to kind of pursue it and study it more is it for professional reasons you know your your work kind of demands it or your the work you would like to get in the future demands it is it your aesthetics like you just like how it sounds and you want to be able to do that too you know you have to really just know your motivation behind there because if not you're definitely going to lose motivation i don't know why do you get out of bed in the morning you know you should always have, think about your reasons for those things i think otherwise you're you're not going to get very far um you're going to get discouraged because you don't know what's driving you you know besides comprehension if somebody wants to change their accent right think about why why is why is that on a deeper level right what are my feelings behind that is it that i don't feel confident right that's the problem is it that there are maybe some power dynamics in place and some language bias that you're experiencing right maybe somebody maybe your boss told you that you need to speak better english because our clients have said so maybe it is that you are a woman in an all male work environment and they're saying something about your language 
language and it has nothing to do with your language. It has to do with the fact that, you know, they, that you will need to be seen as more competent, you know, or something like that. You're not sure about the dynamics that language play there. You know, is it about popular media? Is it like, oh, this is how everybody speaks and that's why I want to speak that way. So there can become, you know, some really deep issues there and they're really worth exploring, I think, before you spend any time or money on doing that. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, if your goals aren't clear, you know, like you said, and actually something I wanted to ask about, because indeed, yes, smart goals, you want to be able to take things effectively and, and know what you're after. Can you elaborate a little bit on how people can set smart goals? Like, how how would you go about that? Oh, yeah, sure. So if you haven't heard of smart goals, it's S-M-A-R-T, and S, I'm going to paraphrase here, S is specific, right? Be specific, as we said. M is measurable, right? And that's really key. For example, if you say, oh, I want to lose weight. I don't want to be so fat. Um, That's cool. But if you say, hey, I will lose two kilos, you can check one and then two, and you know you're done. You've reached your goal. So if they're not measurable, like how do you know if you've reached your goal or not, right? So you need a number there that you can um, quantify. So make them specific, make them measurable. Uh, the A is achievable, right? Don't don't go far beyond your reach. You know, a little, a little bit is fine, but don't say I'm going to be fluent in Chinese tomorrow. Not going to work. So S-M-A-R, R is relevant. And that's kind of what we talked about is why, how is it relevant to you? Goal, a goal could be anybody's goal, but why is it important to you? And then T is time bound, meaning have a, have a deadline. You know, so mm. break down into smaller goals and say, okay, I want to be able to, I don't know, um, identify the identify the schwa sound in two weeks, right? When I listen to a podcast, I want to be able to read a transcript and listen to a podcast at the same time and be able to listen for the schwas. And I want to be able to find at least five schwas in Pat's podcast this week, right? That would be more of a smart goal. Does that make sense? How it's much more, it's much more specific, meaningful, measurable, uh, attainable, relevant, and there's a time component there. Folks, this is just a quick message to remind you to subscribe to the Accent Training Podcast. If you haven't already, you don't want to miss a second of this Accent Training experience. And you want to be updated whenever I've got new content out for you. So if you haven't subscribed, hit subscribe now. I honestly, to my listeners here, I've expressed each of those things, but I actually haven't put them all together in that. And I've heard this expression, smart goals, but it's something actually I've never really elaborated on or like I've seen... Well, Pat Flynn, we were talking about Pat Flynn earlier, and I've seen things that he's put up about smart goals. It's a concept that most certainly when you've got something that you want to achieve for yourself, it gets the job done. Like you can, it just, it makes everything quantifiable. You can look at it and you can say, here's what we've got. Here's what I can accomplish. Here's how it's going to happen. It's not necessarily the roadmap on doing it, but it just gives you the guideline. And you reached it or you didn't, right? And if you didn't, you should know why, right? Which part of that? It's probably not you. It's probably something about how you wrote the goal, right? You didn't give yourself enough time. It wasn't specific enough. It was that number was too high, for example, and you just didn't know. So then you can adjust, you know, your goal for next time. 
Yeah, a lot of people don't talk about that, you know, and a lot of people kind of don't want to hear it, right? They, they just want to get into learning and because that's how we were taught in school. Okay, guys, open your book to chapter two. We're going to dive right into, I don't know, vocabulary related to jobs. And you feel like you're taking action. But what's that saying? Um, I think it's attributed to like Abraham Lincoln. If I were given, if I were given four hours to chop down a tree, I would spend three hours sharpening my blade. So, yeah, I think it's really worth your time to prepare, you know, for your action because that's going to that's gonna help you in the long run. Absolutely, 100%. Otherwise, you're going to wear yourself out, aren't you? You're going to be swinging a blunt blade at a tree for hours. Maybe the job will get done, but you want it's not a smart way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually I did a whole challenge back in January for my members, and it was all about setting smart goals specifically for language and for accent uh, reduction or improvement, however you want to call it that. And um, so we did a whole month where every week we would read the chapter of a book and discuss how we could apply it to either language learning, if you're still in that phase, or, or accent reduction, if you're in that phase. So the book, I don't know if you know, it, it's called Atomic Habits by James Clear. I would recommend anybody to get that book if they're trying to do, you know, any habit. And let's say it's, you know, New Year's and your culture does kind of a New Year's habit and you change your, you change what you're doing. Great for then, but always great for any time that you want to instill a new habit. So it really outlines habit forming and how you can really stick with it. And there's so many wonderful strategies. So what we did is we, we took that book, which has kind of four, they call it laws, four laws of habit forming. And we, we had four weeks in January. So each week we discussed a different law and how we could take those very general ideas and put them into our accent training, you know, and how we could, how we could do that. So every week we met and we said, these are the things we're going to do. We're going to be accountable. We're going to put them together. We talked about different apps that can help you be accountable, you know, for any goal, but especially for language goals and accent goals in particular. Oh, okay. Well, and just so everybody knows, I've just found that book on Google Play Books. I guess now this is an ad for Google Play Books, but whatever. 17 bucks. 17 bucks. And then there's even a $4 version. It says summary and analysis. So if you're, I'm going to go for the summary and analysis because I like the 80-20 thinking of just skim the surface and get the information you need. But there's a quick analysis. And if you want to, if you're someone who likes to dive in and, and really get to, you know, the nitty gritty of stuff, the full book, totally available on Google Play Books. And if you go to James Clear's website, uh, I think it's just jamesclear.org.com, you can get the first chapter of the book for free, and you can sign up for his free newsletter, and I think he sends like three things, um, three things each week, and that's what I do on my, on. if you want to sign up for my newsletter, I do three things on Thursdays, and I and that's how I can get people to practice their TH sounds, like three things Clever. Thursday, and so my newsletter came from James Clear's idea of just three little, three little things, and so his newsletter is free. And it's a, it's a really great way to kind of dip your toes into the idea of habit change. So get his newsletter. You can get the first chapter of the book for free. And yeah, and then you can start with the summary. And most of the information you need is there, you know. And if you need any other resources related to habit forming for working on your accent, you can send me a direct message. And I can send you, you know, apps that I've found helpful or slide slideshows that we had during our challenge on in January. Like any of those resources you might need. I've already got them. That is exactly what people need. So anybody who's looking for some, you know, Bianca's got some free stuff out there, free resources to be, or is that free? Sorry, I should. Absolutely. <laughs> I, it's not, 
It's not publicly available, but if you send me a message, I'll be happy to share it with you. What you can do, I've got a lot of free resources on my Discord. Um, Do you know Discord, Pat? After you mentioned it to me, actually, I think about a month or so ago, I've started looking at it, and I'm going to start on that platform indeed. Cool. Well, you can start by joining mine. If you like, if you want to see how it works. And so um, Discord is kind of like, I think of it as a WhatsApp or Telegram, whatever you use, plus Reddit, plus not really a website, but a depository. And it's for community building. So it's a place where you go to chat. It started out for gamers. So I'm surprised you don't know it from your gaming. I don't like watching other people play the games, but I know of it. People would. Okay. That's where it started. And honestly, Discord was into the whole audio only thing way before Clubhouse started. And I think Clubhouse got it from them. And then they kind of just narrowed their, their functionality. So Discord is awesome and there we can have we have i have classes i have office hours i have a place where people can just come and practice and i have they're called channels and i have a channel for just free resources and that's why i bring it up so also i have office hours three times a week so people can come on my discord and just pop in and ask a question and we get get good conversations going that way so there's lots of free resources lots of chatting and community there so that's why I wanted to mention to you the Discord is there are free resources there. But if anybody particularly wants the stuff that I that I did for the challenge, I'm happy to send them my slideshow. Oh, that's perfect. And so where can people find you on Discord if anybody wants to get in contact with you on there? Oh, well, it's the same name as on Clubhouse. It's called Master and American Accent. Master an American accent. And how you find different groups, or they call them servers, different servers on Discord, is you go, you can go to a website called Disboard, and then you can search for the things you're interested in. And I'm sure you're going to include links to all that in the show notes, but Disboard is how you look for groups. For example, I'm in a group on Discord, um, a server for cooking. I love cooking. So I think it's called um, Red Wine and Meat or something, and it's all about kind of Julia Child-style cooking. So you look for cooking, or you look for English practice, and there are tons of servers there. And the name of my server is Master an American Accent. But also I can give you a join link that you can add into the show notes, if that's easy for you. It's also on my links in my bio, on Instagram. I think it's also in my Clubhouse bio as well. So that's open to anybody who really wants to talk about accent. Of course, it's for practicing, but it's for people who are really interested in the hows and the whys and the the deeper things about accent and voice. You're talking to the perfect audience for that because these folks, I've got people who've listened to all 70, this will be episode 75, so... Um, people who've listened to all 75 episodes are certainly the kind of people who are going to want to check that out. So make sure you take a look at Bianca's Discord. She's going to put you on the right track kind of thing. As you can hear, this woman knows what she's talking about. She's not messing around. Good. That is so good to hear. I do got a class coming up shortly, but I would just like to see, or not see, but I'm curious if you have any tips, any, any, if you'd like to give a little taste of what people can find on Discord. Are you able to illustrate anything that they'll be able to find on Discord? Um, something that, well, you'd like to, you know, talk about right now, any exercises that can get people, you know, help my listeners move forward in their accent reduction. Oh, absolutely. So... When you get onto Discord, the first thing you see, it says, read this first, and you accept the rules, and you introduce yourself, 
And then what you can do is click on the little bell to get notifications of office hours and set all that up. And then the next thing I would do is I would go down to the section that says free resources. And my favorite free resource is the first one I set up. And you know that this is a thing, right? Pat, when you have an S, a final S on a word, how are you supposed to know if it's S like a snake or Z like a zebra? How are people supposed to know that? You know, if you, if you didn't grow up speaking the language, good luck to you. And so I made a poster that it not explains, but how should we say, categorizes, categorizes Z, Z. When should it be Z sound, Z categorizes, when it should be S and when it should be Z. So it makes it really easy to just know and not guess when it should be s and when it should be z there. So if you go to the free resources section, it's a little poster that I made. And it has s and z. And as a bonus, if you if you go onto the next page, it also has has when you have ed as an ending, as an ending, for example, in a verb in the past or an adjective, right? When is it when is it ED. When is ED like a T sound? And when is ED like a D sound? And of course, you know, too, that's a whole can of worms because final T's can end up being a lot of different sounds. So extra material is on the third page is that kind of what's a glottal stop? What's an unreleased T? What's a flap T? So that one resource, I think, can bring you super far. You mentioned the 80-20 the rule or the Pareto principle. Mm. And so if, if you know that that is one of your 20%, what do I mean? If your 20, your 20% are the 20% of things that if you work on, they're going to take you 80% of the way and be really impactful. So if you know that this and zzz thing is a thing for you, right? This one poster can really like launch you forward very, very quickly. And there's lots of practice on there. So that's what I would do first. Go to the free resources section. It's the very first poster. It's called s and d endings. It's or it's S and E D endings, and that should get you started for sure. Very clear on your explanation there, indeed. So, yeah, if you're listening, she's got a great point there. When you just, when you can take control of the word endings in general, when you understand if it's going to be voiced or voiceless, if it's an S or a Z, a T or a D, whatever letters, when you can understand that. And just you start to apply it, you start to listen for it as we practiced in the past. Well, things really take off from there. Like you said, 20% of the effort is going to show 80% of the results. And we're going to see a significant change in, uh, in overall speech. So that is perfect. That's perfect. Well, we'll get to wrapping this one up for today. And so you mentioned Clubhouse. And so Master an American Accent, is that where everyone can find you at? Exactly. Master an American Accent on Clubhouse, Master an American Accent on Discord. In um, Instagram, though, it's it's Accent Coach Bianca. Perfect. Yeah, that's where it's a bold statement. Here's where you master it. But you hear this woman speak like she's he is he is the master. Like I've actually learned a few things today that I'm like, OK, this is going to definitely help me improve the way I, I approach classes and stuff like that. So I think that's so good that you're able to offer so much. 
especially so much free content that people can come on to. And, and then, of course, you are clearly readily available with many more things that are just going to take it from here. Thank you very much for coming on today. It's a pleasure to have you. Awesome, Pat. Thank you so much. Would you believe this is actually my first podcast episode ever? My first interview as the interviewee ever. So I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Great. Well, it has been a pleasure. Have a good one.